Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. The Pacific island of Tongo is the first to ring in the new year. Welcome to the Fact Off. I'm your host, Alex, and it's with me as always is Pat. Hey, that's my brother, the factiest man in town. And uh, also Mike. Hi, guys. Hey, can we get to the point uh, where we tell everyone that I won last week? Yeah, we, I guess we can, but first let's introduce the show. You already said it. You already introduced People all of us. I have no clue what they're listening to. They, what did you win? Did you, would you win the lottery? I introduced you guys. <laughs> I won the lottery, and I won this podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Fact Off, a podcast where we each win three obscure facts, and we let you, the listeners, decide on who wins. Uh, Pat won last week. Damn right I did. So, Pat, what's your victory fact since he won? He gets to give a fact. So my victory fact is that there are parts of Africa in all four hemispheres. My jaw is literally on the floor. That's a pretty good fact. Did you know that? I don't know that one. I don't know that one either. No. Mike, you want to give your victory fact? <laughs> what? No, <laughs> Wait, you're what? spoiling it? You're spoiling it? I Okay, I win. I won. I won last <laughs> week. I win this Boo, week. I win. Um, <laughs> I win. I won. So... Did you know that humans are the only animal that blush? That, that blush? I thought other animals blush. Oh, according to this fact, only humans can blush. Really? Not dogs? Well, I mean, ha- have you ever like interviewed a dog and like embarrassed him and then he blushed? No, it hasn't happened. Why, why am I interviewing a dog? <laughs> Ask him why he was out past curfew or something like that. <laughs> hey, quit loitering here. I think they can feel shame. Don't they like uh, they like act like they didn't do it or look away? I I don't know. I went to Alex's dog and I said, "Hey, cutie," and he said, "Oh, stop." <laughs> I taught him to say it. Yeah. So, all right. Um. Oh, I, did you? I think I read that Alex was the winner from last week. Fake news. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Mike. I did win last week. And to be on theme, because it is New Year's week, the first New Year celebration dates back 4,000 years ago. Julius Caesar, the Emperor of Rome, was the first to declare January 1st a national holiday. Yay! Wow. The world is 4,000 years old. That's what it's saying. Scientific fact. Yep. You heard it here on a fact off, everyone. (laughs) So the world is how many old? 4,000 years (laughs) old. This many. Who should go first, Alex? Uh, my vote is Pat. Wait, do I get a vote? <laughs> yeah, you can vote. <laughs> I vote Mike. All right. I, I guess I'll go first. I'll go first. Mine uh, was kind of inspired by, like, re- kind of a little bit tragic and a little bit not, but um, we recently had, like, a crazy tornado come through Kentucky, and it went across. How, out now, do you remember how many states it went across? Like, I know it went, like, it was three? like 200 miles. Yeah, it was it was nuts. And I was like looking into it, like how do we know like how powerful tornadoes are and how do we track them and all that stuff. So I was like looking into it a little bit because I was curious. And I came across this gentleman named Mr. Tornado. (laughs) Well, that's not his name. That's his nickname. Obviously, his name's not Mr. Tornado. That would be bonkers. Well, Tornado is a family name. Yes. (laughs) My dad is Mr. Tornado. Uh, Mike, I don't want to derail you, but I do want to compliment you. Most of your facts have really good nicknames. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. I mean, continue. I don't always win, but but when I do, it's Mister Tornado. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyways, I didn't nickname him this, but, you know, I'll take credit <laughs> where credit is due. So this is, uh, his name was actually Professor Tetsuya Theodore. I mean, I mean, Tetsuya is his uh, Japanese name. I guess when he moved to America, he took on, I think a lot of people when they move to America, they take on more of like a English name. So he went by Theodore or Ted. So his name was Tetsuya Fujita or Ted Fujita. And he was actually in Japan when they dropped like the nuclear bombs. So he was, he's kind of an older gentleman. I mean, I think he's dead now, but uh, he actually uh, was kind of seen as kind of like a Sherlock Holmes of scientists. So he would like go to the site of like a, where a tornado hit and he would go take like copious amounts of pictures and catalog like everything and like kind of just study everything like the laying on the ground and like where it came from and where it went. So he was like very in depth with like research and finding out like what tornadoes are. Cause I think for a while people were kind of like afraid of tornadoes cause they didn't understand them. They didn't like it kind of came out of nowhere and people didn't know like how to categorize them and stuff like that. I think people are still scared of tornadoes. No, they are, but but back then there was there's no warning system or there's no way to like categorize like how powerful or tornado was. So like it was kind of like an unknown thing and it it's probably seen as like a if if I was living back in the 40s or like way before then, I'd probably see it as kind of like a um sign from God like hell opening up and just, you know, hitting me. It's God punishing you for all your uh, sinful thoughts. Yeah, all of the blushing I do. <laughs> I blush a lot with my sinful <laughs> thoughts. Um, but yeah, so um, y- we've all seen the scale, the F scale of F0 through F5. So F5 Is it tornadoes. EF now? It might be. But the F in the F scale is for, for Fujita. Oh, okay. So he's That's the one cool. who came up with this scale. Yeah. And you think Brock Lesnar knows that? I don't know. I think so. He was a big fan. Yeah. Was he? His finishing move is called the F5. Oh, nice. So maybe he pays homage to uh, Professor Fujita. Yeah. I I doubt it. (laughs) I doubt it. Yeah. In 1957, Professor Fujita reconstructed a tornado in Fargo, North Dakota. And... I think they they had this tornado in the Fargo TV show, if I remember correctly. Wait, he made a tornado? I don't get it. When he did the research in Fargo, he he actually discovered um, and term termed the the wall cloud. You ever heard of a wall cloud? No, I've heard of a firewall and the so cloud. Wall cloud is that low wedge shaped storm cloud that um, is like where tornadoes descend out of like if you see that cloud that's like the telltale signs that a tornado could come down oh, um so yeah he kind of like i guess discovered that that's like one of the telltale signs to look out for and so he categorized that and then he also like uh i guess tornadoes go through like um tornado valley and there's like lots of cornfields out there and that's like perfect place to study how tornadoes work because cornfields show like a path and like all all the action of the tornado because it's it's all there like in the cornfield um 
So he discovered that tornadoes had many tornadoes around them a lot of times. And those are called like uh, baby needers. I, I nicknamed them, but. He does make nicknames. <laughs> See, this is, they call him Mike to nickname Mike. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he was like so known for like odd weather events that um, Eastern Airlines called him in when Flight 66 crashed at JFK, killing 122 people. And they're trying to figure out, like, why did this airplane crash? Like, there's no reason why it should have. There's a bunch of planes that landed that day just fine. And there's, like, no reason at all that this plane would have crashed. So he did tons of research and discovered there's this thing called a downburst or uh, a microburst. And what it is is a quick gust of wind pretty much shoots out from a storm and pretty much takes the lift off of a wing of an airplane and just causes the drop out of the sky. Jeez. And so they, they couldn't prove this microburst existed um, with radar because um, it was just such a small like wind burst. Uh, so they did lots and lots of studying. He, he pretty much cataloged it throughout the country uh, with a group of students. And finally, he was able to like prove that it existed. And that's when like uh, airports started measuring what's called uh, wind shear. You ever heard of wind shear? Nope. Yes. That's when airports started measuring for wind shear, and that would kind of basically say, hey, there's a possibility for these downbursts or whatever, so they would not, like, let planes land. Um, so ever since he came up with this and and discovered that it existed, there hasn't been a single crash since 1994 yeah. caused by a microburst. I was going to say, like, pretty sure there have been crashes. You know what they should call this guy? Mr. Tornado. They do, yeah. And he actually didn't witness a tornado himself till much later in life. Um, he worked at the... Always a bridesmaid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he worked at the college in Chicago, Chicago University, I think. Is it University of Chicago or is it... Yes. University of Chicago. Okay, yeah. So he worked there and every time there was a storm like on the horizon, he would go up to the roof and like look to see if there was a tornado. And he finally did see one, of, uh, I think, in the 80s. And then he died. He died a happy man. He died a happy man. Mr. Tornado died a happy man. Yeah, so it is EF now, Mike, for the Enhanced Vegeta, whatever his ass name is, scale. So they updated it. So it's and EF. Enhanced them. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it true that his scale fused with uh, a Gonado and they t- called it Gogeta? <laughs> 100% true, factual. So, that's my that's my fact for the week. What's, uh, my what's fact it called? is called Mr. Tornado. It's a good name. Thank you very much, Mr. Tornado. In, in college, they used to call Mike Mr. Funnado, because everywhere he went, it was fun. And <laughs> he left the trail of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that fact wasn't that fun, so I kind of, uh, you know, crashed him. No, Mike, that. you're being too hard on yourself. I am always hard. <laughs> Here to here. Can we we got that clean, right? Can we just play that at the top of the show? I'm always hard. <laughs> it's like when uh the Incredible Hulk like, you know my secret? I'm always angry. <laughs> he's always that's why he's not allowed uh, near schools. <laughs> Alright, Pat. You wanna you got your fact ready to go? I do. Wait, we're supposed to come up with a fact for this week? So I have a fact, it's pretty cool. Have you ever heard of Nellie Bly? 
I've heard of Nelly Furtado. The Vapper? Pretty much one and the same. So Nellie Bly, her real name is Elizabeth Cochran Seaman. Okay. And she was an investigative journalist in the 1800s. Ooh. That's a time period I know. Yeah, so she was born in 1864, just to give you a time period of when she was born. She could have met Lincoln. Uh, yeah, maybe. And, uh, you know, in another fact, maybe she does. So, she wanted to become a journalist, but back in the 1800s, they were pretty dismissive of female journalists. Everything she wrote was kind of like, a, you know, about, like, makeup and, you know. Wait, they're, they're not dismissive now? They're very dismissive now, but, you know, there were less options for her. That's true. She moved to New York, and she wanted to, you know, make a name for herself. Um, at the World Magazine, it was the New York World, uh, owned okay. by Pulitzer. Okay. And so she... He's the bad guy in the movie Newsies. Yeah, and he's a hero in this story, so... Okay. So her claim to fame is that she went undercover to sneak into an insane asylum to uncover all of the horrible things that they do to the patients. And what was uh, interesting at the time is that um, it was actually much easier for her. So all the things that were harder on her because she was a woman, you know, because that was the the way the times of day was like everything was much harder if you're a woman. It was actually much easier for a woman to be uh, put into an insane asylum than it was a man. (laughs) Am I right? You are right because they were very sexist back then. (laughs) Yeah, apparently a man would you'd have to prove that he was crazy. Before you could declare him insane. And for women, it was the other way around. They had to prove themselves sane. Okay. And they would always, um, <clears throat> what they would do is they would just say, oh, she's hysterical. And they would put him in. So she was uh, very method. say she that was... about me. Yeah. <laughs> Lock him up. <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, so Nellie Bly, so she, she came up with this fake name, Nellie Bly. And she was very method. She didn't want to, she, uh. First, she went to, let me get the name of the place right. Um, so she went to the Temporary Home for Females, um, which was a place like... Um, that sounds like an official name. <laughs> yeah, it was like a shelter. And what she wanted to do, she wanted to make herself seem like paranoid. So she kept accusing everyone else of being crazy all night. And she she kept herself awake and she refused to sleep. So it like, like make her look even more crazy. And then the doctors there uh, sent her to, like, a judge. And the d- judge declared her um, insane. And they sent her to Blackwell Island. Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. So it's actually, it is kind of scary. Um, so they committed her to this insane asylum, uh, Blackwell Island. And not Shutter Island, which is a cool movie, side note. Um so she's doing all this undercover research, and she found, like, it's exactly what you thought it would be. Like, the nurses were horrible to the patients, and the doctors were, you know, you know, they weren't feeding them enough, and they weren't, you know. Yeah, probably because at the time, they didn't see probably the people as humans. They probably saw yeah. them as kind of like subhumans or, like, just not as valuable. Um, yeah. I know they did all sorts of crazy stuff to those types of people. Like, they sterilized People in insane yeah. asylums, all sorts of things, crazy, crazy things. Yeah, it was. Um, it's actually like super sad. Uh, I'm trying to find the one. 
Okay, so the one, um, <clears throat> she was complaining, like, hey, we're not getting enough food to eat, and, like, we're freezing, and the person said, uh, she quoted this, people on charity should not expect anything and should not complain. So the idea was that they're there in an insane asylum on the taxpayer dollars, and they don't have that much money, so just be happy that you're here and not crazy on the street. So they were just treating them, they said, uh, some people... Inhumanely. Inhumanely, like, you know over drugging them um they said a few people died while she was there just from the treatment that they had um and so she's there and she's trying to like she's interviewing the patients and she's getting the lay of the land and she's starting to realize that they might not let her out so she like turned off the act and she was acting less you know she was acting like hey what's up i'm i'm normal again and they were just like nope sorry you're still crazy. So, You're not so getting out of here. Didn't tell anybody about this plan. Well, no. So the newspaper. So luckily, the guy from the world Pulitzer came in and said, "Like, hey, like she's a reporter for us," and they like withdrew her from there. But she says oh, in her okay. book, like she said, if it wasn't for that, they would have never let her out. Like they once you are in, they don't let go. There were other things like they said, like they just they individually locked all their rooms. Instead of just like locking the hall, like the like the wing, and so like she was like, "Hey, if there's a fire, they're not going to be able to unlock us all, and like people will will definitely die." And they're like, "Yeah, whatever," and they dismissed it. So then she came out of jail and she exposed them, and um, it actually like they fired a lot of the nurses, and they got like a million dollars to like uh, reshape the asylum and help people. She said when they went back with like the authorities. She was like, some of the girls that she was in there with weren't there. Like, they were just missing because the asylum had found out that they were being, like, investigated. investigated. Yeah. And they don't know what happened to these women. They're just gone. Yeah, I've heard of them finding, yeah. like, mass graves outside of, like, these sorts of facilities um, where they just kind of, like, hid bodies or, you know, dispose of people. Yeah. So that was her big claim to fame. She wrote a book called 10 Days in a Madhouse. Okay. And so, oh, but you want to hear, like, a fun, I know I don't want to go on too long. Guess what she did after she spent 10 days in a madhouse? 10 days in a fun house? So th that book came out in 1987. Um, and after she did that, you know, she got, that was pretty big news. Like, it was like she got kind of famous for doing the uh, expose. Um, and in 18, where was it, 1870, a book came out. I don't know if you ever heard this book called Around the World in 80 Days. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Yes. Fame, a couple of movies made off of that one. Well, yeah. Around the World in 80 Days. Um, wasn't there a Jackie Chan version of that, too? Yeah. yeah around the World in 80 Days, yeah. Okay. Uh, so she, in like uh, uh, in the 1880s, uh, did a trip to try to see if they, she can get around the world in less than 80 days. Ooh, can I guess? How many days? Yeah, go. 78. 67. <sighs> and for a few months, Nellie Bly, her real name... I believe was Elizabeth was actually the world record holder for quickest trip around the world. Wow. What else is fun is, or what's You're also fun the lead here. You're burying the lead. Yeah. She, uh, there was like another newspaper that, uh, had another girl. They're like, Oh, we're going to beat her around the world. And she traveled the opposite way around. Oh, I thought they're just going to take her and just like punch her, punch her to death around the world. <laughs> punch her. They're going to punch her to death around the world. <laughs> You said they're they're gonna beat her around the world. Yes. Is that the name of your fact pet? <laughs> beat her around the world. No. Um 
anyway, so she de- she destroyed this other woman. The other woman ended up getting there four days later, and then like three months later, like another guy beat it, and that's the end of her fame. She uh, married very wealthy, and she died of pneumonia. And that is the story of Nellie Bly. What's the name of your fact? Ten days in a madhouse. Okay, well, then. and that's the end of our show, everyone. <laughs> Bring everybody down more. That was a fun one. As you guys know, this week is New Year's Eve. And when you think of New Year's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, 4,000 years ago was the very first New Year's. <gasps> uh, buying buying yeah. a new calendar. What else? What's your top five? Baby New Year. Popping a cork. cork. <laughs> Cherry popping daddies. Uh, <laughs> K- kissing, kissing the Ryan Seacrest. Uh, <laughs> who else? Uh, wearing a diaper at the uh, at the Times Square. Well, I guess the closest. Well, Pat was kind of close. The ball drop. The ball drop. Yeah. Why do they drop a ball at Times Square? Well, it goes back to Adolf Ox. Ox. It's like O C H S. Ouch. Throw the word Adolf out Ouch. there. Yeah. It's not, no. There's no U, so it's O C H S. And that was his name, Mike. Before somebody came along and ruined that name for everybody. Yeah. Spoiled Adolf. That's a great name, too. And this guy was the owner of the old gray lady, the New York Times. Ooh. And in 1904, the New York Times was moving to a new headquarters at Long Long Acre Square. Long Acre Square was later renamed to Times Square. Thanks to the Rapid Transit Company. Thank God. They're like the ones that just built the new subway in 1904. And they renamed it Times Square because of this new building they had. That's cool. That's a nice. Is that your fact? Yeah, that's it. Done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Uh, no. So Adolf, he wanted to celebrate the new building. So he's like, you know what? We're going to have a big celebration on December 31st, 1904. We're going to have an all-day festival. And over 2,000 people came on, came up. And at midnight, they had fireworks shoot off from the building. That's cool. And then... And then the fun police, New York City, two years later, banned fireworks. Really? And Adolf was like, what the hell, man? What am I going to do now? Yeah, buildings are very yeah, flammable. They were, they were all made out of uh, uh, gasoline and wood. It's true. Mm-hmm. Fact. Is that your fact? He thought to himself, what can I do? How do you know his inner thinkings? Because I'm, I'm the reincarnated version of him. You know... I thought you were a reincarnated version of someone named Adolf, but I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> so he got a young uh, metal worker by the name of Jacob Starr. He made a big ball out of iron and wood that weighed 700 pounds. It was five feet in diameter. And it had a 125-watt light bulbs, which were a new invention at the time. Oh, that's cool. So right before midnight, the ball came down and it celebrated the new year. You know what they should have is you know those motorcycle guys that ride around yes. inside the ball, yeah, um, like at events. Why don't they I love have that. that at Times Square at the top, and then it drops with the motorcycle guy driving around in the ball. That would be a ball that of a ball. Would be a ball. Of a All ball. right, this is I'm done with this ball podcast. With the ball with the ball, the bang, diggy, diggy. Um, <laughs> so, but why? Why a ball? Because squares are boring. Because of the earth. You answered it, Mike. Squares are boring. <laughs> And that was so easy. <laughs> what can we do? A ball or a square? <laughs> um, now, this actually dates back to 1833. 
in the England Royal Observatory at Greenwich. That's when they invented the ball? Well, they would drop a ball every day at 1 o'clock, allowing captains of passing ships to set their chronogramers. I cannot say. Watch. It's not a. It's pretty much a watch, but for like boats. Boat watch. Yeah, chronometers, meters, chronometers, where's some? C H R O N O M E T E R S. I actually looked up how to pronounce it earlier. Chronometer. Yeah, something like that. So, like, this was like a big thing that happened. Like, the U.S. Naval Academy still has one that goes down, drops down every day at twelve, so boats can set the times to it so that was like yeah i was gonna say don't try so to say the new york here. new york time ball is kind of symbolizing the same thing but we are instead of we're setting off the new year and everybody setting off time i mean that's that's now the new the new year ball now is eleven thousand eight hundred seventy five pounds and 12 feet in diameter it's a lot more fancy than it was before Wait, so the new ball's even heavier? Yeah. It has, like, crystal and more lights and all, and, you know, but... Sponsored by Crystal Light. Yep. That... <laughs> Just when I was out on Mike, he pulled me back in. That is the story of the New Year's ball. Yay! Can we tell the audience uh, when to hit play on this so that it'll hit midnight exactly when we count down to one right now? So when Mike edits it now, like, we've been talking for three hours... Yes. So Mike will edit it down to like 30 minutes. Yeah, start dropping your ball right now. Start dropping the ball. If you have a ball in your house, start dropping it. And then, yeah, let it let it last for 10 seconds. But my fact is called the ball drop. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so is this something that happens at like, uh, what age does that generally happen? Puberty. That's right. People hit people at different ages. True. That's what that's what I said. Yeah, generally speaking. Okay, so that's the end of our podcast. Don't forget to go and vote for your favorite. We have Mister Tornado, Ten Days in the Madhouse, or the Ball Drop. And go, check us out on all the social medias: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Fact Off Pod. I forgot to say, vote for us at the Fact at FactOffPodcast dot com. Yeah, vote. And uh, Pat's going to roll the dice for the next week's uh, topic. All right. You ready? Alex, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Get the list up because you always screw this up. Yeah. Six. (laughs) Winner's choice. Winner's choice. Oh, who won this week? Whoa, man. It's a doozy. All right. So, Mike, you won this week. So what's your category going to be? No, I, I didn't. Did I win this week? We all won this week, and then, so we all have to pick a category, and then we'll find out who actually won, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, my my uh, category is footwear. Ooh, Ooh nice. footwear. Alex, what is your category? Musicals. Oh, yeah, he was holding that one in his back pocket. Musicals. And then my category will... Hmm... Also be musicals. Yeah, hopefully one of us wins. Hopefully. All right, well, I guess if both of you chose musicals. Next episode's going to be about musicals. Everybody, please tune out. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I'm ready to go. Pretty and gay. And And I pity any other girl who isn't me today. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good night. That was the fact off. Uh... 
tune in next time. Bye. Bye.